So welcome in to another edition of the Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Well, Bobby, it's been a week since we've been out there, but uh, happy to get this going again. We got girls basketball playoffs. Something called the UIL realignment went on uh, this past week. People are interested in that and so much more. So uh, really happy to catch up with you. And, you know, I just got to ask, how was the uh, start of the year for you? Uh, well, um, I got COVID, so that was not good. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. I know, right? I mean, right off the bat, January 4th, bam, COVID. <laughs> Uh, so that was a couple weeks of not uh, feeling pretty rotten, but you know, January, like everybody else, January lasted for like six months and now we're halfway through February and I have no idea how that happened. Well, I tell you what, time runs, runs quickly, especially once the basketball playoffs start off, you know, we got girls basketball playoffs starting this coming week, boys basketball playoffs starting the following week. We're going to look up, and it's going to be the state tournament before we know it. Shoot. It might be the state track meet before we know it. You know what I mean? well, We all know you'd be a happy camper if that was the case. You, you would be correct because <laughs> I've already started uh, finding track schedules and getting all that going because, you know, the first track meet is like in a week for, for 1A schools that I have seen. I'm not sure that people understand the yeoman's work you go through to put together these girls playoff schedules, these boys basketball playoff schedules, the track meets that you put together because the overwhelming majority of class one, a isn't always so forthcoming with information or even getting anybody to even give you the information. Well, it's sometimes rather difficult, uh, not so much in football or track because the track coaches like that. I do all the top five stuff. So, um, and they were doing it before I took it over and started doing it. And I've had several coaches when they meet me, they say, Oh, you're the one who does the track stuff. I mean, I don't do anything else, but I do the track stuff, (laughs) but basketball is a different animal. I have some that are just really, really great at sending stuff in. And then others who are not, because I know a lot of the football coaches at schools, I'll just get them on the horn and they usually can get the information for me pretty quickly. So it all works out. That definitely is, is handy there. And, you know, we talk about basketball and we're about to get into the girls basketball playoffs. And, you know, you and I were talking about it before we started the introduction of the fourth place team, a creates something crazy out there because usually the first place team got to buy but the concern you and I both have is these could be some really lopsided ball games. I, I'm here to tell you that there will be some lopsided ball games come Monday and Tuesday. It does look like the majority of the games are on Monday. There are several. I think I counted 22 or 23 on Tuesday. But, you know, there's 64 games those two days. Uh, for 1A by district girls. And it's going to be interesting. It's, you know, uh, we're still waiting on one team. Uh, that would be the fourth place in District 10. Uh, Marathon and Grand Falls Royalty right now are battling it out to see who gets that fourth spot. And it looks like Marathon is up right now. 
So they may be facing Balmeray Monday or Tuesday, but we got a whole slew of games to talk about here. We do. And, and one question I have for you real quick, and you talked about so many games being played on Monday. Do none of the 1A coaches, are none of them married? They're playing on Valentine's Day. Do they not know that they shouldn't be doing that? <laughs> oh, Craig, come on now. If you're a basketball coach, it's February. It's playoff season. Valentine's Day does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day takes a, a back seat to the playoffs, right? Well, um, I did see that uh, Milford, they have a sense of humor. And on their Twitter, they said uh, they announced the girls game on Valentine's Day and said, we've made Valentine's pl Day plans for you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was real cute. <laughs> that, that is great. Well, let's get into it with girls basketball playoffs. And, uh, you know, when, when you look through this, it's interesting. So I broke down the top 25, the TABC top 25. And when you look at that, the strength on paper appears to be in region two and region three. They both have seven teams in the top 25 in the playoffs. Uh, you've got six in region four and only five in region one, but not so fast, my friend, because number one and number two both <laughs> reside in region one. Yes, they do. And the one thing about that is they're going to have to play each other fairly quickly. Yeah, no, they, that, those two teams could, and we're talking about Sands and Nazareth, two teams that played each other earlier this season, and Sands got the win. Those two teams could meet in the uh, regional semifinals. Not even the regional finals, the regional semifinals. I think that's what's happened the last couple of years. The two top-seeded teams uh, met in the semifinals. I'm just glad that I hope that they do meet in the semifinals. Uh, I, I don't believe that they're going to have a hard time because those two teams really stand out. There's a reason they're number one and two. And if you've watched them, then you would know, you know, they may not. You're right. You know, that's a sad thing. I'm just glad that they're not meeting in the regional quarterfinal, not even getting to the regional tournament. So, well, and, you know, we talk about that region. One other big game that could actually occur in the area round could be Borden County and Jayton ranked number 10 and number 11. And that's because Borden County just happens to reside in the same district as Sands. So they are the runner-up out of District 8. They could face the winner out of District 5, which is the Jayton and the Lady Jays. That should be a great ballgame for an area-round matchup. I think so. I'm just wondering where in the world they'll play. They might meet in Post. Post is a really nice gym. I mean, you never know. I've already I, – I hadn't done this until this morning, but, you know, my infamous uh, spreadsheet that I put out on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, it's easy to read. You don't have to look for anything. It's just right there. Uh, but I went ahead and put the teams in the area slots on that spreadsheet so we could kind of see who was going to, to play each other. And you're definitely right. If Jayton overcomes Crosbyton and Borden County uh, gets past Wellman Union, we're going to have a great matchup there in Region 1. Well, and one other big matchup in that one that you could see in the area around Sands and Spur playing there in that area round as well. The interesting thing about that is Spur ranked number 20, and they've got to be going, yeah, but we're ranked number 20, and you're going to give them a Sands in the area round? <laughs> you know, it's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes that just happens. It, it definitely does. I mean, Spring Lake Earth Girls are pretty good 
they've been rolling pretty good and you know they're gonna have to take on uh nazareth in the quarterfinals if they make it that far of course they have to get through fallette so i uh lots of lots of heated games um make sure you keep your eye on that because there may be one coming to some gym near you that you're going to need to go you know get you a free toe pie sit in the <laughs> stands <laughs> hopefully you have referees as you're eating that frito pie and- oh my goodness that ever so many people have asked me about that they're like what's up with the free toe pies and so you know everybody loves frito pies they're good they are. One last note out of Region 1. You talk about area round matchups. Valley and Happy could be a good matchup as well. So there, there's one to watch as well. Uh, moving over to Region 2, and, you know, Robert Lee is ranked number four in the state, and they're sitting there. Uh, they get Santa Ana in the first round. But when you look at it, the one thing that stood out to me is you've got three ranked teams all out of the same district, and that's Highland, Hermley, and Westbrook. Of course, Westbrook uh, – they went uh, quite a ways last year. The Lady Cats did, and now they're sitting there, all of those teams out of District uh, 14. And so it's a really strong region when you look at it with those three teams sitting in there. It is. That was a brutal district. Um, you know, one thing that surprised me, I thought Hermely would just run that district, but they got beat by Highland, what was it, last week uh, in the final seconds. I mean, it, they, they won on a pair of free throws from a foul late, late, late in the game. And then they had to redeem themselves and play Highland again and, and ultimately got that first seed spot. Well, it, it definitely leaves us with some really, and we talked about uh, area round matchups and even regional quarterfinals. You know, you could see regional quarterfinals, very best and Robert Lee doing battle. That would be a really good matchup there. Um, also Westbrook, we could see them early on taking on Highland. So some really good matchups right down the road uh, before we know it. Not only that, but let's not forget about Eula. The Eula Lady Pirates have been setting some stuff on fire. They pretty much roared through their district, District 13, uh, pretty easily. So don't don't count the Lady Pirates out. And they'll be playing, let's see, in the area around, they'll be playing if they can get past Ira from that same district 14 <laughs> wow I, i'm telling you 14 is 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 crazy district and they'll face the winner of monday and rotan so that that will be a very competitive uh region when you look at that one region three has two top 10 teams in it and huckabee and pretty uh so that makes that one tough and seven overall teams although most of those stack in the bottom 15 or so sorry the bottom 10 of that top 25 but with huckabee and pretty in there region three uh should send a really strong team to the state tournament well not only that but you got dodd city hiding over there uh from 23 like the same dodd city that always goes to the state tournament that is that would be the same Dodd City. That is correct. But you can't count out Miller Grove. They were the runner up in that district, District 23. And they have been playing some really good basketball here lately. Um, also, a team I'd like to talk about is the Richland Springs Lady Coyotes. Let me tell you, they totally owned District 17. Wow. Totally That's- owned it. So 
I think there's going to be some extremely good matchups in region three here in the next let's Monday and Tuesday. And then also uh, the area round week and quarterfinals. Yeah. But you know, there's pretty, pretty sitting there. <laughs> pretty is sitting there. Pretty as you please. That was terrible. Maybe I should delete that. <laughs> we'll, let you, we'll let you get away with that one because well, when you, you talk about area round matchups, Pretty and Lingleville could do battle. That would be number five versus number 17. And you mentioned Richmond Springs. The winner of that one might get those Lady Cows, which would be that's a that's tough matchups there, both in an area and regional quarterfinal setup. It is. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of really good matchups for the area round, which is next this next weekend coming up. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because we were in the mindset of football, you know, it's just once a week, basketball's twice a week. So there's no rest, no rest for the weary. No doubt about it. So when we look at region four, you know, there's six teams there, but I think the thing you got to talk about is Neches and Torino, number six and number seven. And they made them um, one of those two teams is not making the regional tournament because they're going to meet uh, most likely in the regional quarterfinals. They really will. And those two teams are pretty hot to trot in region four. So I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out. You know, it's always sad when the really top ranked, very good teams meet before the regional tournament. Yeah. And speaking of meeting before the regional tournament, an area round matchup we could see is Moulton and Noasis Canyon. Moulton ranked 13th. The uh, Bob Kittens, right? If I remember that correctly. It's just the kittens. Just the kittens. Okay. The Moulton Kittens and uh, number 23, Noasis Canyon. That could be an area round matchup. Yes. That's going to be a good one as well. Uh, and we can't ever leave out Rock Springs, and they could have a quarterfinal matchup with. Coolidge and let me tell you Coolidge ran that district 26 pretty handily but then they're going to come up against Wells and Wells was second to Duchess in Ooh. district 27 I mean there's some really good teams hiding out in here and it's going to be cause for some interesting basketball games it most definitely is. So as we look at this, just as a, a broad overview, when you look at region one through region four, I think the winner of the state title is likely to come out of region one. And that would be whoever shows up out of there, most likely Sands or Naz. But I think there's some teams hiding out there that maybe don't get as much respect and love as people uh, would think that they should. And I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk to, to a state title. I don't think it is either. Anytime you have teams like Huckabee, Dodd City, Neches, Sherino, and, you know, Sherino, they are moving up to 2A next year. So this is their last hoorah in 1A for a bit. Um, and they're playing at the top of their game. And I did want to say, uh, I want to mention one team that has surprised me this year, and that's Aquila. The Aquila Lady Cougars have been rocking and rolling. They had a tiebreaker for first with Abbott last night and Aquila came out on top. So they got the number one seed in district 25. They're going to start out by playing Milford and then the area round, they'll see the winner between Zavala and Kennard. 
Well, it should be a, an interesting. Can't wait for all this to to play out. And you know, the thing about it is, when we meet again next week to go through our podcast again, we'll be set with regional quarterfinal matchups, and that's the really crazy thing. You talk about it. Basketball moves at a rapid pace. You're going to go from by district to have regional quarterfinal rounds in one week. So it'll be really interesting to see those. And I think it'll give us a really good look at what we could potentially see, not only in the regional tournament, but teams that we think are well on their way to potentially a, a state tournament bid. Well, not only that, but we'll be going over the same exact, the same exact scenarios for the boys side. And, you know, we've got a few uh, district champions already. For example, out of district three text line, they're the district champion with Nazareth. And, you know, we've, we talked in an earlier podcast about how district three, whoever plays a team from district three is going to have a, a tough matchup. They, they definitely will, because you've got three top 10 teams there out of one district text line Nazareth, who's playing incredibly well right now at number seven and the will Dorado number eight. And, you know, my team, the Happy Cowboys, kind of get lost in all of that, and they're not playing the greatest basketball out there. But then as I look through some of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs in one districts, and I'm like, yeah, but they either beat them or, you know, you start comparing scores, and there's a good matchup there. So, you know, they're going to draw Spring Lake Earth first round, which of all teams to draw out of Region <laughs> 1. That is you know, not the team you want to draw. That's not the team you want, but, uh, you know, they may be the, the strongest uh, fourth team if you drop them anywhere else. I'm not sure there's many uh, district uh, winners that would want to face them and that by district ground. Well, my gosh, they've been playing people like Textline and Nazareth the last six weeks. I mean, there's no greater opponent than Textline and Nazareth at this point. Oh, my goodness. Both of those teams, I'm telling you, Nazareth playing really, really well right now. They have got everything going for them. Of course, Textline, we know about them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I'm ready to see how the boys' playoffs uh, all line out because we're going to see some great match. There's some really, really good teams. And, you know, you talk about the Thomas kid over at Calvert. Holy cow. That guy hey. is absolutely dominating. Yeah, not only that, but he got an offer from Vandy this past week to go play at Vanderbilt. So that's pretty incredible. Congratulations to MJ Thomas. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention while we're still, while we're just kind of calming on the boys is, you know, Hermely, remember the Digbys? Remember mm -hmm. Bubba and Stetson? Well, they're tearing it up over in region 14 and they've won a district title. And so slam and Sammy coach Sam and slammy winners. He told the boys that if they went to the playoffs, he would dye his hair blonde. Um, so now his hair is bright blonde and he is extremely excited for the Hermely Cardinals. <laughs> wow. Well, that's impressive. And, you know, it is funny when you look at it, because when you look at the basketball playoffs, a lot of the same teams that go a long ways in basketball, not always, but a lot of the same teams are the same teams that we saw have really successful football seasons. Uh, yes, and this year has been definitely an example of that. Um, most of these teams, like, you know, Abbott, Jayton, Nazareth, yeah, Textline doesn't play football. So. <laughs> so they had extra months to focus only on basketball. I mean, 
in district seven Whit Harrell wanted you know a championship so I I completely agree with that uh sometimes it transfers over and sometimes it doesn't but you got to think that uh, a winner's mentality really takes you further in other sports if you've got it at the beginning of the season like what you would in football definitely and I, I think that's why so many schools want to be winners in every sport because you're right it carries over sometimes you may not be the greatest team at sport y but if you're a winner at x it seems like you just do better at y no matter what well and you know winners will find a way to win and you you kind of get that mentality of you know i know how to win and i just need to go do it and it doesn't matter what you're doing and i think that that's that's what lends itself for these kids in life after high school you know you have that that mentality of i'm going to try and never give up and do my very best and it just keeps going with you throughout your life i mean that's what sports did for me sports is amazing it, it is amazing what it can do for for young men and women and and setting them up for success later in life it really so, is not yeah. only that, but you know, all the support they have, it just continues with them. So, uh, one thing I didn't want to say is that if you keep a look on one, a fan.com, I put up a website called 2022 girls road to state. It will track everything girls basketball for one a, and, um, I put the infamous spreadsheet in there so you can download it and do with it what you want. And I keep it updated. I try to put the date and time I update it. But if you notice, I also have score stream scoreboard. So anytime I get a game, I put it in there. So I will be tracking all of those scores on Monday and Tuesday and putting them into score stream. But guess what? Score streams, a free app you can put on your phone. So if you're the, at the game, you can do it too. Hey, there you go. And and we need that because there are some of those games out there. Talk about trying to uh, find a, a needle in a haystack. Some, finding some of the scores on some of these games is more is worse than that. Oh, yes, it is. I send messages to Facebook pages, to Twitter handles. Uh, I go stalk um, web school websites. I text football coaches. I mean, I have done it all. This last week has been uh, a true experiment in finding people who know what the standings are, especially out of those districts who are, are, um, how do I put this? Not forthcoming with scores during the regular season. <laughs> That's a great way to put it there, Bobby. I like, well, that. you know, and I have max preps up and it, it's not that hard to put it in max preps. If you don't want to put it in max preps, put it in score stream, put it in something. Um, that way we can go find it. That way we don't have to pester you so much at the end of the season. <laughs> well, let, let's shift to UIL realignment. And of course that was a big deal on uh, Thursday, February. Was that the third or the fourth? I'm kind of lost. The third. It, it was, was the third. third. And, you know, that's something that we all look forward to every two years. And you always wonder, how is this thing going to shake out? We kind of, and it's interesting because the UIL has almost made this almost like a pay-per-view type series here because, A, you get the numbers of the schools, then you get the cutoffs, 
then you find out where everybody's at and, and talk about create anticipation and, uh, you know, theories and, and rumors on message boards. That's exactly what the UIL has done uh, with this whole process of realignment every two years. It really is. And, you know, it's okay because it just gets the anticipation and excitement up. I mean, I'd rather not be excited about it, but we all are because every two, you know, it just comes around every two years, but I can't wait because I do all of my um, updating on the website, like who moved up, who moved down from division one to division two, division two to division one, one, a to two, a outlaw to independent, or, I mean, all of those things can be found on the website. So we're going to talk about those things today, but if you forget, remember, Go to the football page, 1afan.com slash football, and scroll down, and it's all right there for your viewing pleasure. That it is. Let's get into it. And we're going to start in football because that really is the one that a lot of uh, people want to look at. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think plays a big key in this is those 1A schools um, who we show, you know, as we're heading into this, we're going, oh, that team is now a 1A school but they decide to play 11-man. And I think that's really key because uh, potentially there can be a few teams in there that I think could really uh, be very successful as six-man teams, but they make the decision that they want to play 11-man football. Uh, and there are 15 of those this year, Benavides, Bruni, Crosbyton, Cross Plains, uh, Dehanis, Electra, Ira Ann, Lacera, is that how you say it? Yes. Uh, Meridian, Morton, Monday, Pettis, Rock Springs, Rungay, and Abilene TLC. And there's some names in there that have had some successful football programs in the past. Yes, even at the 11-man level, DeHennis is has gone to the playoffs several years in 11-man, although they've been one at 1A school for quite some time. Crosbyton is another one. Uh, then you look at Rock Springs. Uh, there's Monday. I mean, who could forget about Monday? But then you have uh, Meridian coming down into 1A, you know, and they're pretty good at basketball. Right. And and that and that's what they're going to be playing. And so, and we'll get to basketball here in a moment. Uh, a couple of teams going to stay outlaw, Fort Hancock and Ranger. They'll be doing outlaw six-man schedules in uh, 2022. Three teams coming from 11-man to six-man, Burkeville, uh, High Island, which, you know, they tried the 11-man because of the travel, but it just didn't work out, so they come back to six-man. And then kind of the wild card in this thing, Menard. Menard, yes, they chose to come down to six-man. You know, they've been 1A for a long time, and and there was a time period where they made the playoffs every year in 11-man football. Um, so they're coming down to six-man, and they're looking for a coach, so it'll be interesting to see who they get to lead the yellow jackets yeah definitely will and then the flip side of that is those teams that were doing six-man football or have been 1a and are moving up to 2a and there's a couple of names in there that are kind of important so let's go through them you got bartlett and booker Sherino, fruitvale now moving up hubbard uh, midland tlc oh yeah sterling city and water valley yeah those two are the big ones because I know a lot of the rumor, the six man rumor mill uh, surrounded Sterling City and Water Valley before those numbers came out. You remember that? Exactly. 
And so, yes, they are moving up to 2A. That's going to be interesting. I did see where Wadir Valley um, hired an 11-man coach from Miles, I believe. That would be correct. Uh, to take over the helm there for their for their 4A into 11-man football. And I haven't heard anything about Sterling City, but I'm sure we will before too long. Definitely. And when we talk about that, you know, with Water Valley naming a coach, Coach Hayes has decided he wants to stick in six-man. And, of course, that creates all kinds of fodder for the uh, message boards as to where he's going and his uh, super uh, talented son, Talon, uh, going with him. So <laughs> we'll be yeah. really interesting to see how all that plays out because the rumors are aplenty. <laughs> oh, you know, six man. It's like a, it's like the community, the small communities we live in. I mean, it's the rumor mill. Everybody's going to say something. Uh, everybody's got their opinion, which is great. I love it. The one thing about the rumor mill is sometimes there's always a hint of truth to what's being said. So never know. Sometimes where there's smoke, there is definitely a little bit of fire going on. And then uh, one last thing before we kind of get into this, uh, 2A, 2A schools moving down to 1A. And when you look at that, uh, these are teams that uh, none of them are going to be playing six-man football, but they could have an impact when it comes to basketball. And that includes Brooklyn, Morton, Meridian. You talked about them. Pettis, Slocum, Martinsville, and Spurger. There's some teams in there that are really good at basketball. Oh, Yeah. Um, one thing that I have to say, because it surprised me was, uh, I think, I believe it was a, a tweet from Martinsville head coach bragging about how they had beat the socks off of all 1A schools they'd ever played. So they were looking forward to coming down to 1A. Hmm. So I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out next December through February. Most definitely. Well, let's get to the breakdown, and we're going to start in football, and we'll start in uh, Division One. And, and one of the things to really know here are the schools moving up and the schools moving down. So those jumping up into uh, Division One, and there are some powerhouses here, Follette, Miami, Wilderado, Anton, Sands, Gordon, Three-Way, and Chester. There's some names in there. You know, when you look at Anton and Follett, those are perennial playoff teams moving up in there. Gordon, we know about Gordon. Those are some big teams coming in to Division One. They are. They're just going to push their way into them and say, come on, boys, let's go. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how they do. I don't think that they will have a down year. No. I mean, no. some of those teams have really, really fine athletes and really good coaches at the helm. So I don't think that they're going to have a problem in division one at all. I'm with you. And then school's moving down. And, you know, when you look at this list, Kroll, Paducah, Aspermont, uh, uh, Bront, Newcastle, Bynum, Paint Rock, Zephyr, there's some schools there was uh, steeped in football tradition. But, you know, the one thing that you, when you look at this with Kroll and Paducah and Aspermont moving down, that really created what I thought was going to happen, and that is a shuffle over there in that uh, Wichita Falls area, and it really did have an impact as the UIL tried to draw up these regions, and as we get to that, you will see that, but uh, those are some big schools moving down into that D uh, Division Two area. Yeah, and I believe, if I'm not incorrect, you could correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm right. 
Kroll and Paducah, they're coming down from Division One into Division Two, and they're going to be in the same district, District Six, next year with Benjamin Chillicothe and Harold. Yeah, so that that will be really interesting. Well, let's get to it here in Division One, and you know when you look at Region One, one of the big changes you've got is Valley comes out of that district there with Happy, two teams that uh, battled uh, for first and second in their district and met in the state quarterfinals. Now Valley is over in District 4, which is exactly what I thought would happen, and it's what the UIL did. They put them with Knox City, Spur, and Vernon Northside. To me, that was the only way they could make that work. There was the wild card. When you start drawing up the maps, you could have dropped Lorenzo in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, this four really makes uh, sense to me. I think what surprised me more than anything was the fact that three of the four districts here in Region 1 are 14 districts, and uh, I, I just I found that a little bit surprising. Yeah, they're going to have to pick up an extra game somewhere. Region 1, it's looking pretty good in Division 1. Like you said, Follett has gone up to Division 1. They're in the same district with McLean, Miami, and White Deer. You know, and last year, White Deer was extremely young, and have they have a lot of athletes, and I think they're on the right track. So I expect that district to be... Um, quite interesting to say the least it most definitely could let's shift over to region two where man things are a little bit crazy so when you look at district five meta o'donnell wellman union whiteface those are teams that were in region one last year right now they're sitting in region two you know there was some shifting of the regions and when we get down to district seven (laughs) uh (laughs) let's just go ahead and do it right Gordon County, Garden City, Rankin, Sands, and Grady. All five coaches are going, are you kidding me? Every single one of them. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you've got uh, Trey Ritchie over at Borden County, Jeff Jones at Garden City, Garrett Avalos at Rankin. You know, they're sitting there thinking, my God, what did I do to deserve this? Who did I make mad at the UIL? Uh, (laughs) Uh, that's going to be a brutal district. I, I'm. Would you like for me to step out on a limb and tell you who I think is going to win it? Let's hear it. I think Garden City is going to do it. Very interesting. Very. I do. Because, you know, last year they made a run, and I really think that they're going to do a really good job this year. I mean, I'm not going to count. That's not saying Borden County and Rankin are terrible. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I think that Garden City's got the edge, barely, but I think they have an edge. But we'll well, see. I could be it, wrong. It's interesting because when you look at this, the third place team out of this district, which will stay home, could probably win uh, quite a few by district or even area round matchups. And so that will be that will be fascinating because that is a really good football team that's going to stay home there out of District 7. It is. And so that's what's, that's a scary part. That's a well, scary and, part. And here's another piece. Look at district eight, Hermley, Ira, Roby, Highland, Rotan, and oh yeah, the defending state champions, the Westbrook Wildcats who I don't see them slipping at all. Well, no, they still have Cedric Ware. Oh, he's going to be a senior. That's scary. It is scary. I mean, the boy looked like a, a college athlete last year. <laughs> or this last season. So I'm excited to see them, but yeah, that that's another brutal district. Of course, here they all are in region two. 
Yeah, Re- Region 2 went from being tough to being just stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it is. It's it's like it's the death region. <laughs> it is a tough one. So let's shift over to Region 3. And, you know, when you look at District 12, that one stayed the same. Abbott, Aquila, Coolidge, Golson, and Penelope. And when you look at the region as a whole, you know, one team that's coming in there that uh, would worry me a little bit, and that's dropping into District 9. That's Gordon. The Longhorns there with Baird, Bryson, Gorman, Lingleville, and Perrin Witt. Uh, it should make for a really uh, competitive district as well. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, Gordon's been getting better and better every year. Coach Reed's got them going, the Longhorns going in the right direction. Baird had some really good um showings the last few games of the season they got better and better Um, but then you got avalon and you got blum you can't ever count blum out and then of course there sits abbott exactly and then you have you know uh coach williams over in aquila with his son who's going to be a senior i believe maybe a junior no i think he's a senior Uh, i'm sure someone will correct me but, um, you know, Coolidge, Coolidge started coming on at the end of the season. So, I'm, you know, Region 3 is going to be nice. It will. And then in Region 4, and you just you have to drop everything and start looking at uh, District 14 because Jonesboro and May drop into the same district. They do. Ooh. That is going to be insane. Can you imagine that district matchup? It's going to be oh, loud yeah. and proud and, I mean gonna be good and then you have lamita they did pretty good last year i started to say if you're avant lamita or santa annie you gotta be going what did we do to deserve jonesboro in may in our district i know right it's like bam there you go merry christmas (laughs) and then in district 13 you look at it you've got eden erion county robert lee Verabest, and the wild card now menard oh i know definitely you don't know how menard's gonna do that should be interesting, especially, you know, after we see who, what coach, what kind of coach they hire over there at Menard. Uh, good luck to the Menard fans on Six Man. I promise you, you'll love it and you'll never want to go back because it's so exciting. Six yeah. Man is awesome. Most definitely. So, you know, overall, when you look at it, Division One is going to be super, super competitive. And whoever makes it, to the state quarterfinals, state semis, and state finals, they will have earned it and earned it well. Oh, yeah. They would have run the gauntlet, and they'd be re- they're going to be ready. Exactly. Then we drop down to Division Two, and, you know, as you start looking at this, because so much strength went up, I think Division Two overall got maybe just a little bit weaker. Uh, we see some d- districts that uh, you don't have as much strength in them as you did. But uh, doesn't mean that there's not anybody can play football because you've still got the Strons, you've still got the Richland Springs, you've got the Balmarais of the world sitting down there who are going to play anybody at any time. You name it, they will be there. Uh, I just think overall, though, you've seen the strength uh, here, uh, you know, maybe drop down just a little bit. Yeah, maybe there's been a little diminishment. I know in Division Two we lost two teams, so. You know, it was 75 teams. Now it's 73 with an enrollment of 59.4 and below. Uh, but it, there's always the chance that someone's going to jump up and surprise you. 
in division two. And you know that, I mean, it happens every year. Someone comes out of the woodwork and everybody's surprised. <laughs> so who's that going to be this year? Well, and that will be the interesting part. You know, what's funny 25 teams in division two switched regions. That's unheard of. Well, I think that what they did was just sat back and threw a dart. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that the UIL has a, a lot. Um, it's a hard job doing this. I do not envy them at all. Yeah, it, it, some of these are surprising. Um, I did. I was not surprised that Aspermont ended up in District 5 with Jayton, Guthrie, Motley County, and Patton Springs because those are all very um, close geographically. So... I I think that I'm going to pick Jayton to win that district, uh, not because I'm from there, but because they still have a whole slew of young kids who played really late into the playoffs in 2021. And I know Motley County lost, or is, or is going to lose a lot of seniors, but you know what? You can't ever count Bigham out. Yeah. Ever. Well, and, and when you we'll stick there in region two, because you talked about it there, you've got Jaden and Motley County in that district. Region two may be the toughest uh, region as well when you look at it from division two, because district six, Benjamin, Chillicothe, Kroll, Harold, and Paducah. That's going to be a tough one with Kroll and Paducah dropping in there. Not only that, but Benjamin, they're running on all cylinders. They lost one game last year, and it was a playoff game. Uh, exactly. One thing about Benjamin is they're getting a whole new stadium with turf and everything. I've seen some aerial photographs of it, and it's just gorgeous with all that purple. And so congratulations to Benjamin on getting some nice facilities. Uh, they've definitely earned them. And so people in District 6 are going to be able to play on a really nice uh, field. Yeah, they are. And, you know, we, we stick in that region. Of course, District 7, uh, you got the likes of Throckmorton in there. But I want to look at District 8, Goldberg, Forsberg, Newcastle. Oh, yeah, some team called Strawn. Yeah, Strawn moved from Region 3. That was a big surprise. I think that was probably my biggest shock when I saw that Strawn had moved over to Region 2. I, I don't think they've ever been in Region 2. I mean, well, I might be wrong, but. Well, you may, you may be right. And, and, you know, I'll go back to what I'd said at the, at the very beginning. And I think what shifted all of this in division two was the fact that we had several schools moving up uh, that maybe people hadn't counted on, but then it's that whole Paducah crawl moving out, which caused them to have to realign everything in division one. And, you know, because so many teams were moving up out of region one uh, at division two into the division one stack there, it created this whole movement that the UIL had, UIL had to do. And I think that's why we saw so many teams shifting. Well, my gosh, they put Balmeray in region one. I know <laughs> that, <laughs> that, okay. That was another shocker. I mean, you have Balmeray, Dell city, grand falls, royalty, Sanderson and Sierra Blanca. I mean, it takes four or five hours to get to any one of those from, from Lubbock yeah. and there they sit in region one exactly you know what we need to see is a, a derazette versus one of those teams out of district three that's a what a seven hour drive <laughs> oh my gosh it'd be like a day-long trip in a in a yellow dog one thing that that draws my attention is that 
Balmeray and Strawn will have to play in the semis. That will be very, very interesting. You're right there because when you look at Region 1, Balmeray definitely the class of uh, Region 1 there, now dropping into District 3 as you talked about. Not that it's going to be a, a, a you know a pushover. You've got teams like Groom in there out of District 1, Wood Harrell in District 2, Klondike in District 4. Those are teams they're going to have to deal with, but uh, it definitely looks like when you, especially when you look at the teams coming back, you could be looking at a Balmeray-Strawn semifinal matchup. Yes, neither one of them. And usually, you know, I mean, in Region 3, that's that's who Balmeray played like they played Richland Springs in the state uh, 2020 state matchup. So we're going to see that game a lot earlier than in previous years. Definitely. Shifting over to Region 3, all four districts, only four team districts there. Uh, and when you look through there, you know, it's kind of interesting. And, and I told you this off air, but you know, there are some teams in here that have had some success, but you don't see a Richland Springs. You don't see a Strong. You don't see a Balmeray. You don't see that heavy a hitter out of this Region 3, which I think opens it up and makes it a lot of fun. It does because it's up for grabs for anyone. And some of those that I, I kind of see off the top of my head here, you know, Calvert. Calvert's historically in the playoffs. Oglesby has been in the playoffs the last few years. Uh, Cranfield's Gap, they stepped it up last year a lot, and Bluffdale as well. Uh, Morgan, Bynum. I mean, I think it's anyone's game in Region 3, Division 2. Yeah, no, I know. I'm with you there. And then we'll finally uh, finish up with Region 4. Obviously, Region uh, Richland Springs sits there in District 16 in this region. Uh, you know what I find interesting? Region 4 has Blackwell and Trent in it and you look at where those schools at with Bront and Lorraine and you go how in the world are they in region four you know Blackwell and Trent aren't very far from each other actually Bront is just down the road um but then Lorraine it's like <laughs> where, where did that come from I mean they're on what I-20 or I-10 it's I-10 isn't it I-20 yes, I think that's right Oh my gosh. I mean, just out there by Colorado city and Westbrook and then Lorraine's over here with Blackwell, Bront and Trent. So they get to the, to travel the most, I think. Yeah. And then when you look at district 14, uh, you know, two teams are going to come out of that district who have not had a lot of success in the past. Somebody's going to come out of there finding the playoffs, Morin, paint rock, rising star and Panther Creek. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I can't wait to see that. So that, that'll be fun. And then finally, let's finish up real quick. We'll talk about basketball as well. Um, when you go through it and you look at how the basketball classifications ended up, there's not a whole lot of, of moving and shaking that occurred there. Um, you know, you've got, obviously we have those teams that dropped in. Uh, what I think really to me uh, is the big thing is Borden County moving from district six to district eight. I think that's a big move there. Uh, Garden City is going from Region 1 to Region 2 over into District 11. But really, the biggest change is what occurred, I think, in District 3 and District 4. And it was all because, because of a school called Pringle Morse that has decided to play varsity basketball. And it caused the UIL to break up that district of Texline, Will Dorado, Nazareth, and Happy. And now you've got Texline and Will Dorado in there with Adrian Channing, Hartley, and Pringle Morse in District 3. 
And now District 4 is Spring Lake Earth, Happy Heart, Crest, Last Buddy, and Nazareth. That, to me, was really, when you look through everything, is probably the biggest change we saw on the basketball side. I think so, too. And not only that, but the addition of some of those 2A schools coming down, like Meridian, Slocum. You know, some of these schools, uh, they're, they're always right there in the running. Let's see, Brookland came down. I don't know much about Brookland. I'm going to have to go do my research, obviously. Pettis, um, most of those really are in three and four. But yeah, when I saw Pringle Morse, I was like, what is that? Where is that? <laughs> so so Pringle Morse is up around the uh, Skellytown White Deer area. Okay. Uh, it, it's my understanding their head coach right now is a, a graduate of Groover. And they've been playing a JV schedule this year. Um, they started their high school in 2020, so their first graduating class will be 2024. They have six sophomores and 12 freshmen in the school right now, and they're ready to get in there. And like I say, they they rocked the entire Region 1 by causing some shifting and moving there uh, on the UIL. And, and you talked about those schools coming in. Look at District 27 and Region 4. That's where Slocum and Martinsville both jump into. Oh, I know, right there with Kennard, Laneville, Netches. They're just all in there together. That's <laughs> going to be a heck of a district right there. Uh, yeah, a little scary, that one. Yeah, that it will. Well, Bobby, that's going to wrap it up for us. Well, we got- wait a minute. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Bobby's got one more thing for you. I do. One thing that shocked me. I have always had to go to the two-way alignment to pick out all the volleyball teams. Well, guess what? We have our own 1A volleyball alignment this year, and it is spectacular. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So if you want to see who's in the 2022 through 2024 volleyball alignment, um, I know some of you think "Eh, volleyball, but no, it's fun. You got to go watch sometime. If you want to see some weirdness, Craig, about geographic locations and what region they're in you need to go look at the volleyball alignment (laughs) if it's anything like what i saw this past year i can only imagine yes but you don't have to pick them out from the two a's because it seems like we're getting more and more volleyball teams so we we've got a whole bunch of them out there and hopefully we could talk about that here in the coming weeks after we get past basketball because we're going to have a lot to talk about next week we definitely uh, will between girls area you know getting further and then the boys starting by district so make sure you listen in or keep your eye on 1afan.com or our facebook page or twitter we try to keep that stuff pushed out so all the fans know where all the games are and if there's one in your area try to get to one it's exciting support the 1a kids yeah, it, it, it'll be a lot of fun. So much to go over this week. We talked about girls basketball. We talked about the realignments. You talked about it. Next week, we'll have boys' uh, playoffs. We'll take a look at those. Girls will be sitting there for the regional quarterfinals, so we'll, we'll take a look at that. We'll see what else is going on in Class 1A, as well as we'll drop on them just exactly who is uh, announcing the Region 1 girls basketball tournament. So you got to wait around the next week to find that out. I wonder who that's going to (laughs) be. Oh, Craig, it was great to talk to you. I'm glad we got the podcast going back. I mean, there wasn't much a lot going on and we didn't want to bore you to death. So 
we're just, you know, we just thought we'd jump in here with playoffs and hopefully you give it a listen. If you like us, um, give us a shout out. Remember, we've got a, the Backroads podcast webpage and you can email us, tell us what you think. We'll even probably say something on air about it. So most definitely. Well, until next week, Bobby, I'm Craig Spree, Happy Sports Network, PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. Remember, go forward and do good. <laughs>